the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley sitting in for Dr. Alex McFarland. And since I'm sitting in for Alex, that means I'm in studio with Brother Bert Harper. In studio. In studio. For those of you that do not know that, that's uh, quite different. Alex is a traveling man, and he's traveled a lot of places. He has. still does. And he couldn't be with us today. So, Jim, I appreciate you coming in, man. I always enjoy it. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. And it's always, it. you know, this is probably my one of my favorite talk shows to do. Now, and I say that because Trivia Friday, you know, exploring the word in Trivia Friday, one would think that those are polar opposites, but they're both just so easy to do because yeah. here we're, we're exploring God's word. Um, and so, by the way, folks, today we're going to be in the book of Malachi, and uh, you guys announced this yesterday and just starting it out today. And so uh, I'm uniquely pleased to be here today because I get to start it out with you today and then I'll finish it up with Alex tomorrow. That's right. I'll because be, you'll be gone. I'll be gone. I, I am and looking forward to some days where I've got something I need to get done. And uh, so it, it is a joy to to share with you, Jim, on another name is Malachi. Ma- Malachi. Malachi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, we have fun with that. We find out those Old Testament. I thought names. that came on a sandwich. Well, it it does that does too. <laughs> I think so. But I love uh, Malachi. I, our oldest grandson is Jude Malachi. So uh, I, I like those Bible names, and Malachi is one of those men. He's the last prophet in the Old Testament. So he was the last one for 400 years before John the Baptist would come on the scene. And when John the Baptist burst on the scene, people would go out to hear him because they had heard about prophets. They had read about prophets, but they had not heard a prophet. Right. And so, but Malachi's the last one. We don't know a lot about him personally. What we're doing, we're taking an overview. We're finishing up uh, our theme of, of prophets, kings, and kingdoms. And so Malachi is the last one. We don't know a lot about him. We know his name, uh, what it means. We don't know his, anything about his ancestry, where he came from. His name means my messenger. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was during the time of Nehemiah. There's no doubt in my mind. It's then they were they had rebuilt the the temple. They had done that. Right. And now Nehemiah was coming back to rebuild the walls. But Nehemiah had to go back to. Uh, to, you know, to fulfill his purpose as the cupbearer. And uh, during that period of time, it looks like they fell off the wagon, as right. some people would call it, and started. And their big three deals that they had to deal with, Nehemiah and him, is is corrupt priesthood. Right. That's one of them. And another one was marrying, uh, you know, un, I would say unbelieving, mm-hmm. unbelievers. Uh, and, and so there were several things they had to deal with. So Malachi was written yesterday. <laughs> Good oh, point. I'm sorry. No, matter of fact, you know what? One of the, I was reading different commentaries mm-hmm. on it, and that's exactly their reference. They said this could have been written for today. Right. And uh, because it goes into it just completely with uh, eyes wide open, and he does it in a neat way. 
it it's six questions that are asked and six questions that are answered. Mm-hmm. So he does a Q&A, sort of like what we do. With a town hall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he does a Q&A, and he answers those questions, and uh, they find out they need to, you know, get get busy in doing the Lord's work. Well, and, and you mentioned that Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament before the period of silence. And in a lot of Bibles, there's a blank page between the Old and the New Testament. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened scripturally as well, because God was silent for that period of time. Now, 400 years takes a lot longer than to turn a page and get to Matthew. But it, it is significant, I think, that, um, and not all Bibles do this, so if your Bible doesn't, don't say, hey, Jim's gone off the deep end. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, I think it could be representative of that period of silence, because uh, there was a reason for that. There was a reason that it's not that God didn't want to talk to us anymore, but we had gotten to the point that we had really quit listening. Amen. And I'm afraid we're getting to that point again. Alex, uh, Alex has said this and this again, that the word of God's timing is perfect. Mm-hmm. And Malachi is one of those, Jim. It is. Uh, now, let me share this with you. In the New Testament, when John the Baptist comes on the scene and then Jesus is born and he begins his mm-hmm. ministry with the baptism, we find out about synagogues. We don't hear anything about synagogues in Malachi. We find out about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We don't see anything in the book of Malachi about the Pharisees and Sadducees. And and so those did not develop while they were in Babylon. They, while they were in Babylon, their worship was completely in the home, mm-hmm. in the houses. And then they would come back and they'd build the temple. So they started gravitating toward the temple. They'd build the walls. But during this period of time with the uh, Jewish population, not all in Israel, but scattered throughout the Roman Empire, the Greek, the Persian, you know, that mm-hmm. day, they started having the Jewish population in Rome. There'd be some in Corinth. There'd be some in Athens, different places. And and they they wanted to do more than just the home, so they built synagogues so that they could come together and worship and train uh, their young men. Right. And, and so it's fun to see what happened during those silent years. Amen. And well, let's get started. Um, and different versions say this first verse different ways. The New King James Version says, The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. So, and others can say prophecy, others say message, you know, but I, I think the thing here is that. It shows the heart of Malachi is that it was a burden for him to deliver that word. I agree with you, Jim. There's three words that the prophets, I'm talking about from Isaiah all the way to Mm -hmm. Malachi, refers in their calling. One was a vision. One was the word of the Lord came to them. And the third one was the burden of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the burden has the idea of a load. This was load. In other words, it was burdensome for him to declare this. Now, uh, I, I think, in other words, he was saddened, uh, he was hurting, and the Lord said, okay, this is this is it. And uh, he felt like a burden to deliver it. And mm. most preachers, uh, I think, experience all three as, as they pastor. 
Uh, sometimes it's like a vision. God is giving you a vision of declaring, thus saith the Lord, where we're mm-hmm. going, what's going to happen. And sometimes it's a word. God speaks to you through his word. And sometimes it is a load yeah. that God's given you. And it's a burdensome task to share it with God's people. Amen. So I, I, I think the burden, honestly, is a better translation of of what was taking place there i don't Amen. i don't think it's it, yeah it was a prophecy but it was a burdensome prophecy prophecy right. well and and as you said you know pastors have the same type messages and you can sometimes when you walk into the pulpit you can get a really heavy feeling yeah um and it's not because the i mean let i say that it's the burden of the word of the lord you know by malachi But then he starts off in verse 2, and he says, I have loved you, says the Lord, yet you say, in what way have you loved us? Was not Esau's Jacob brother, says the Lord? Yet Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated, and laid waste his mountains and his heritage for the jackals of the wilderness. Even though Edom has said, we have been improvised, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus says the Lord of hosts. You know, it starts off with a reminder that I have loved you. But now we're going to get to the hard part. Love's not always easy. <laughs> I agree. Uh, that's the reason it says, and this is the first question. We talked about there's six mm-hmm. questions and six responses. This is question number one. So if you're keeping notes in your Bible, do what I did and put a number one right, right. there and underline the Yet you say, I have, in what way have you loved us? The, they doubt God's love. Right. I, uh, Jim, let me just say this. I believe we can sell people a bill of goods as preachers about the love of God, mm. saying, come to Jesus and everything will be smooth sailing. Right. Uh, no. If you really want to know the truth, uh, things probably will get a little bit more difficult living in a fallen world. Uh, I, I use this quite often, and I do it because it really speaks to my heart. As a believer and a follower of Christ, I live in a fallen world, so it rains on the just and the unjust. I, I suffer from being in a right. fallen world. I also reap the consequences of my choices. Me having a relationship with God did not take away the consequences. King David, right. God, he was forgiven, but the consequences as he has sinned would go on. But then I, I am disciplined. As a child of God, I'm held to a higher standard. I'm to follow Christ. And when I get out of line, the Bible says, whom God loves, he chastens. That's the discipline of mm-hmm. God. And the fourth one I know for sure is is that he He grooms us and he He uh, takes care of us. And as, as they go into a grape, you know, they have to cut away those old branches. Right. We have that to be done away with. God has to do away with some of our old ways. So I would say we're, we need to make sure people understand to follow Christ is having a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Right. It doesn't mean easy passage. Not at all. And you know, when you think of these wood carvers who you see make these beautiful statues out of, out of, you know, just from a uh, chunk of wood or a block of rock, if you will, for those who sculpt, they take that, and they have to bang away to reveal the image that's hidden inside. But then the more that God's image in us is revealed, the different things take place. They get away from the hammer, and they start using sandpaper. Well, it may be that hard, coarse sandpaper, 
But then once some of those rough edges get smoothed away, what happens? They go back in with a lower grit on the paper. And so I, I think that we as God's children, we forget that love is hard sometimes, and we always want things our way when we want them and how we want them. And that's not what God's Word says. And I think you're right when you say pastors sometimes will have more of a bill of goods than they will. you know. And it's not that they want to hide the truth, but sometimes they want to... we got to get away from the warm and fuzzy gospel. Amen. And and we try to do that on Exploring the Week. We tell you, Jesus, it's a great adventure mm-hmm. following him. But great adventures usually have some issues along with There's it. There's going to be a flat tire. There is. And so this journey that we go on, and here he says, as you've said, he, he compares Jacob and Esau, mm-hmm. you know, compared. I chose Jacob. I had a purpose for Jacob. Esau was going his way. And people say, oh, he hated Esau. Listen. God doesn't want anybody going their own way because why? Your own way leads to destruction. That's right. And he hates a person going that way. He doesn't want that person who's listening today, and they're determined to go their way. Listen, you're choosing destruction. You're choosing hardship. God hates for you to choose that, Mm -hmm. and he wants you to choose the right. Amen. Well, where are we headed next, brother? Because... uh, you had mentioned the question and the answer. <laughs> well, the question number two comes up in, in verse six at the end. But let me start. Yeah, I got time to read it, and we'll go for a break. Okay. It says, a son honors his father, a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? If I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts. To you priest, now this is the important part, you who despise my name, yet you say, In what way have we despised your name? We're going to talk about that when we come back with more of Exploring the Word. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Carol Spahn, Acting Director of the Peace Corps. She oversees the thousands of Peace Corps employees and volunteers who improve the lives of people in underserved nations. Proverbs 19.17 reminds us of the importance of charity and kindness. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to lift up Carol Spahn as she works to help others through her work at the Peace Corps. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. A nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. The Bible says God will answer any prayer prayed in Jesus' name. But Dr. Tony Evans says those aren't just magic words that get us what we want. He'll explain today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Forgery is the unauthorized use of an identity or a name for personal benefit and privilege. To illegitimately and in an unauthorized way seek to benefit from somebody else's identity is against the law. Unfortunately, many Christians are spiritual forgers because often we as believers use Jesus' name to get what we want when we've not been authorized to do so. And that becomes 
illegitimate illegal praying. It is normal for us to conclude our prayers with in Jesus' name. And yet for many of us, when we conclude our prayers that way, we just canceled out our request. So when you talk about in the name of Jesus, you need to know the Jesus whose name you just used. It has to be the authorized use of the person whose name you just called. God never turns down Jesus. So here's the deal. You want to make sure what you're praying for, Jesus is praying for. So you've got to have a link between your prayer, his name, and the request you make to the Father. Learn other principles that can strengthen your connection with Christ. Check out Tony's CD series, Igniting Kingdom Prayer, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Be silent before me so that I may speak. Then let come upon me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Job 13, 13 through 15. American Family Radio. Word of God speak. Welcome back. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music Beyond the noise Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bert and Jim with you today. Alex is out and about, and uh, it's always good to have Jim Stanley in the studio. And we're in the book of Malachi. We're in chapter 1 where... There's some questions that are asked, and this is the second question in, in verse 6. It says, in what way have you despised your name? Now, who he's talking to are the priests. Look at the verse or the line right before that. To you, priest, these are the spiritual mm-hmm. leaders, and uh, they have despised your name. And listen to these words in verse 7. You offer defiled food on my altar, but you say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Now listen to this line, Jim. Mm -hmm. Offer that to your governor (laughs) when you pay the taxes. You offer that to your governor. In other words, you're offering unto the Lord that which is uh, you know, done away with, that which is defiled, mm-hmm. that which is defective, but you wouldn't dare to do that to your governor. You'd be called up, and they're being called up now. Malachi calls them up and said, you, in your sacrifices, priest, uh, you're taking the best for yourself right. and offering to the Lord that which is defective. Exactly, and, you know, it, it goes back to giving first fruits rather than the second and third, and so, you know, let's put it this way. They weren't using USDA grade A approved products (laughs) for those sacrifices. And I, and I really don't mean to make light of that, but you know, sometimes we as modern day Christians don't realize what some of the statutes were in the old Testament and how they were supposed to conduct themselves and how they were supposed to offer these sacrifices. God wasn't supposed to get the leftovers. He was, and, and even the government didn't accept the, you know, uh, 
All right, so long time ago, back when I was much younger, I worked in a chicken factory. And so you did have grade A chickens, and then you had a grade B chicken. And all it took to be a grade B was to have a broken leg. Well, that sounds awful, but when you do go to get your bucket of chicken, do you want to pick up the leg? And it so this the same thing is true here. That's not what God expected. God expected the very best. The government expected best. And so we have to make a ch- conscious choice that we never discard God's or what we want to give offering. We never make we we always want to make sure it's the best. It's the premium. You know, um, even if it's a sacrifice of praise, right. we want to make sure it's the very best that we can do. Now, that doesn't mean if you can't sing a lick that you don't praise. No, sir. That's no, no, ma'am. That's not what I'm saying. You still make praise to the Lord because he will find it acceptable, even though your pew mate may not. The idea of worship, mm-hmm. worship the Lord, not in a, a sarcastic way, not in a half-hearted right. way. When you worship the Lord privately, or corporatively, it should be with with zeal. It mm-hmm. needs to be with truth. It needs to be with. Sometimes it needs to be with uh, fear and trembling. You know, amen. A real worship is not always the same every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it is celebratory, and sometimes it is that of of confession. And but it's real worship coming before God, and they were coming before God with sacrifices. It was supposed to be a lamb without spot and without blemish, and there's doing everything but that. Jim. Right, exactly. And, you know, when you look at it like that, just as you described different prophets earlier and different messages that came from the Lord, the same is true with worship. Sometimes you're going to have a burden for worship. You know, it's not going to be the uh, high-strung song, if you will. It's going to be that all right, so I'm going to tell on myself, I grew up in a Baptist church, and every Sunday, our, offer, our, our altar call song was, guess what? Just as I am. Just as I am. <laughs> and we would sing every verse. Let me tell you what, now that I'm older, just as I am makes a lot of difference. Yep. Because that's what God wants. He, he doesn't want us to change ourselves. He wants to be the instrument of change in us. And so let's go to another thing. Priest in those days were the ones that would take the offering to God. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament, after Jesus has come and tore that middle wall Torn of the veil, we are a holy priesthood. Let's bring it home. Amen. What are we offering? As as I'll, let's go with men for a few minutes, okay? All right. What what is we as men? I'm not talking about preachers i'm not talking about deacons or elders sunday school teachers just i'm just men. men what are we offering under the lord you know is it broken mm-hmm. uh, is it time that we don't have you know because we got to go do this we got to go do that now i understand busyness been there done that raising three boys going here and there but during that period of time, I found out during that period of time, my time with the Lord when I was driving my little red pickup was some of the most precious times in the world. So what you want to do is have that time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Have that and make sure you're leading your family. They see dad stepping out in Sunday school going to worship. They see dad, you know, writing that check out or going online to pay the tithe, mm-hmm. they see their dad leading the way. Jim, 
I, I honestly believe men, uh, one of the things that's lacking in our society in 2021 is real men. Mm. Real. I love that bumper sticker. Sticker. Real men worship Jesus. Amen. And and so that's that's not toxic masculinity. Right. That is biblical truth that we as men need to be leaders and lead the way. Now that doesn't excuse the wives and the and the mothers. Mm-hmm. They come, but I, I'm just saying we need this. There's a there's a lack of real godly manhood that that we need to re- recall and restore. Amen. Well, when we get through that, notice what it does uh, in verse 10. We're not going to go verse by verse, but look at verse 10, uh, Jim. Who is there even among you who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you. Mm. That one phrase really got my attention, that we're to be pleasing to the Lord, but when we go to the Lord and we are doing it in an unfavorable way, in a mediocre mediocre way, um, I have no pleasure, nor will I accept an offering from your hands, for from the rising of the sun, even it's going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, mm. and every place incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations says the lord of hosts this is a little bit prophetic talking about what's going to happen in the church age what's going to happen in the age to come jim god's name will be praised regardless of what the priests do regardless of what we do we just need to get on board You, you catch what absolutely and and so that i think the encouragement for people who are listening today man we need to worship god with all of our heart soul and mind amen and then um you know god tells us that we profane profane it in that you say the table of the lord is defiled and its fruit its food is contemptible you also say oh what a, a weariness and you sneer at it says the lord of hosts and you bring the the did I mess up, Bert? No, you're, you're right on. All right. That's what I, w- I was hoping yeah. so. You bring the uh, stolen, the lame, the sick. Yeah. <laughs> Thus, you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? There's a question. Should I accept this from your hand? You already know what you're supposed to do. It's a rhetorical question. Yeah, I think man. so. <laughs> it is. It, but cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and makes a vow that sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. Now listen to this last phrase in this Mm. chapter. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. I think you got to go back to the governor over here in verse 8. Right. You think that governor would accept that? You need to understand that I'm a great king, my name is to be feared. It's to be respected. Mm-hmm. It's to be held in awe. And we're not holding you guiltless. You, God didn't say, "Father, forgive them. They know what they don't know what they're doing." Right. Malachi doesn't say that. That's right. They knew exactly what they were doing. Now, here's what I want to take away from this before we go to chapter two. They had sold out to materialism. Yeah. That's and materialism. We don't hear a lot about it in churches today. But we, we want that which is comfortable. We want that, hey, name it and claim it. Right. Because, man, look what it does. And that's not to say we're not to live by faith. No, it's and not. And that, that's not to, to cast out on where the Lord tells us that if we ask for things, then he is a good father 
will help us. But it's not a That's prayer not is not a debit card. Prayer yeah. is not a credit card. We can't just swipe it and walk out with it. So and so, I want to be clear about that. We're not talking about being faithless. We're talking about being more faithful. Preach it, brother, and proclaiming the name of the Lord the way it should be. Amen. Chapter two begins, and again, it's still the priest. Notice how much time he spends on these leaders, Jim. And do you know, in the New Testament, this carries over because Paul warns us that teachers and preachers are going to be held more accountable. So it's not that God is just picking on the priest, but the people are following the priest. Exactly. And if the priests aren't doing what they ought to, that's why they're getting called in. Do we ever rise above our leadership? Very no. seldom. Yeah. And so these priests are to be the leaders. They're to be the examples. The Bible talks about it. We're to be an example to the flock, the New Testament. Mm-hmm. The same thing, the priest was to be that example. So at chapter 2 it says, And now, priest, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear and if you will not take it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you and I'll curse your blessings. Yes, I've cursed them already because you do not take it to heart. In other words, they'd already been warned. Mm -hmm. This is not the first time they've heard this. Right. And they've known they were doing it. They were deliberately disobeying God, going in their way. Behold, I'll rebuke your descendants and spread refuse on your faces. How horrible. Verse 4, then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you that my covenant with Levi may continue. Verse 5, my covenant was with him, one of life and peace, and I give them to him that it might fear me. Now, this covenant of Levi, where's where's the priests come from? The tribe of Levi, Mm -hmm. Jim. Got to go back. You remember when Moses came out of the mountain and he asked them after they had played around with with the idols, he said, who is on the Lord's side? Right. One group stood up and said, we're with you, Moses. That's right. And that was the tribe of Levi, so they got a special blessing. So here it is. These Levites, these priests, have a special blessing. But to whom much is given, much, much is, is required. required. And you're right. not living up to it. They're, they're, they're ransacking the, the sacrificial system. You know, we're there in verse 5 where it says, My covenant was with him, one of life and peace, and I gave to him that he might fear me. So he feared me. And here's the part that I think that we as modern-day Christians forget. We don't fear to be afraid. We fear to be reverent. And this is exactly what he said, and was reverent before my name. What is what is the what is Malachi talked about here? It's how we treat the name of the Lord. Amen. And that's what God's saying. All right, look, you've already messed up on your sacrifices. But now you're mishandling my name. So basically you're impugning the reputation of the one who brought you out of Israel, the one who said, I am that I am, the one that has done all these things for you. Now you're in, you're impunging my reputation, if you will. Among the Gentiles. Among the Gentiles. And God said that, I'm not going to have that right. because my name's going to be great even there. And as these priests will learn, even in spite of them. So he says in verse 8, listen to this, Jim, but you have departed from the way. Hey, you going your way. Mm -hmm. You have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi. Therefore, I also have made you contemptible and base before all the people because you have not kept my ways, 
but have shown partiality in the law. They thought that since their position was what it was, they were okay. Mm-hmm. I think there's somebody in the in the New Testament that had that same idea, and his name was Judas Iscariot. Mm-hmm. He was an apostle. He was the treasurer. He was proud of his position. But God said, you may have done great works in my name. You may have cast out demons in my name. But if you don't know me, I never knew you. That's right. Depart from me, you workers. Here it is. These priests, they have laid out. Verse 10, I've got to read it. Time's running out. Have we not all one father? Now, that's not. And for his creation, there is one father. For his redemption, there is not just He's the only way. And this is talking about creation. Has not one God created us? See what it's talking about? Why do we deal treacherously with one another by profaning the covenant of the fathers? Now, listen, deal treacherously. You don't want to do that. If you'll follow that all the way through, he uses that word again and again about dealing treacherously. You're trying. You're purposeful misleading people, Jim. And that's what the priests were doing, and God condemned them. That's right. And he said, that is how you have defiled me. He answered that question. And, you know, when we pray, it's supposed to be a conversation between us and God. Sometimes we don't like the answer, Bert. (laughs) It's no one answer. Yes, it is. And just, and wait is an answer. Yep. You know, and so just because we doesn't, we don't, we doesn't, we don't like the answer it doesn't mean the answer changes. And folks, if you tell me that you cannot hear the the word of the Lord by the Spirit through the word, then you're looking in the wrong place for your answers. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Listen, we're going to come back and take questions. Jim, are you ready to do that? That number, 888-589-8840. Jim and I would love to hear from you today. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. After he met with the Pope, Mr. Biden said the Pope told him he was a good Catholic and to keep receiving communion. Mr. Biden said abortion wasn't discussed. If that's true, it's tragic. Through his continued support of abortion, Mr. Biden is complicit in the death of millions of innocent boys and girls. If the Bible's true, one day he'll answer to God for what he's done. On that day, he'll wish someone had told him to protect the unborn. I'm Pastor John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A generation has been taught they descend from animals, that there is no God. They've been taught they are nothing more than a cosmic accident. They have no purpose, and life has no meaning. Life's meaninglessness has been punctuated for them by the 60 million children who've been slaughtered in the womb and counting. But society is shocked when they act out exactly as they have been taught, like animals with no conscience. Respect for human life begins with respect 
for the life giver. America needs repentance. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Psalm 27, verse 14 says this, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I read about a guy who was cooped up with his family on a houseboat for a whole year while it rained cats and dogs. Waiting is tough, but it's often how we experience God's plan. Just ask Noah. Well, if you're tired of your present situation, but the Lord is saying, wait, don't be discouraged. Experiencing God's best requires patience, faith, and obedience. It sounds like a contradiction, but moving forward with Jesus sometimes means standing still. God is always working for your good, even while you wait. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jim Stanley along with Brother Bert Harper. By the way, let me remind you that if you would like for Alex to come and and speak at your church or your group, then you can find out information on how to do that at alexmcfarland.com. That's alexmcfarland.com. Now, Brother Bert, you and Jan are finished for 2021. Yeah, but we're open for 2022 with some of our... We do family revivals mm-hmm. and we do retreats, and uh, uh, that's what we do. And you can get in touch at Word at fr.net if right. you really want to. Are repairing the Repair foundations? The foundations, plural, and we'll you proud talk of me? to you. You it got only took it right. Me years. Yeah, uh, it's uh, you know that's pretty neat. I'm proud you got it. I had to learn it too. Yeah. I, the first few years, I was learning how to fix your house if it was right. uh, had a bad foundation. But <laughs> and anyway. you're still looking to fix a house. Uh, yeah, so, that's always true. That except always true. Uh, for the couple. Well, triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. Triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty is the number to call today. And we're going to start with a conversation with Linda calling from Tennessee. Linda, welcome to Exploring the Word. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, I know this is not in the book of Malachi, but I, my question is, oh, by the way, I did get, I got my book, The 100 Questions. Yeah. Love it. Amen. Love it. Thank you. By the <laughs> way, uh, those while I was Linda's waiting a second, uh, that book, you can, I think you can go to Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and you can find it in uh, 100 Questions and Answers. And uh, our listeners help write that book, Jim, by asking the questions. And so we look forward to that. Well, Linda, I'm proud you got the book. Hope you enjoy it. What's your I question am, for I us? Am. Yes. My question is uh, in Jeremiah chapter 10. Is that referring to a Christmas tree? Okay. The answer is no, it is not. I know what you're talking about. Uh, it's talking about pagan worship. Christmas trees got their beginning 
and I know this is not necessarily a biblical answer, got their beginning over in the in Germany. Most of our Christmas traditions here in America came from England or Germany, guys, you know, and uh, it was a Christmas tree. Martin Luther even talked about putting a candle. Now, you'd have to make sure it wasn't dried out and right. catch on fire. But uh, no, it is not. They were decorating a pagan uh, ritual that they were, uh, you know, worshiping a pagan god. Right, and, it, and you know, it talks about being worked with an axe and, and this type of different thing. Well, technically a Christmas tree could be worked with an axe if it's a real one because although nowadays most folks use chainsaws, but, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that, that you cut it down. And that's not that's not what we're talking about. Um, you know, it seems like every holiday someone wants to cast, and, and I'm not saying you're doing this, Linda, please hear me. I'm, I'm not saying that, and we appreciate your question. But, it you know, be it Christmas, be it Easter, be it New Year's, there's always a pagan holiday around there. And it's not that that's not what we do, yeah. you know, and because we handle it in a completely different fashion. We think of the Christmas tree because of of what we how we celebrate with our families and how we celebrate before the Lord. And let me just share with you, Colo- read the whole book of Colossians mm-hmm. and you'll find out uh, any every day is holy under the Lord. You know, they say, oh. You better not recognize Christmas on December 25th. That was that. Well, listen, I've seen God redeem days like even mm. October the 31st. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think you go in high. Great Reformation. Yeah. And so God redeems. He redeems lives. Uh, now, there's some rituals that are so evil, you can't. There's child no rede- sacrifice right. cannot be redeemed. That's right. But there are so many things that can be redeemed, and God has done that, and let me share this real quickly about the Christmas tree. I, we're we're getting ready to put some put one up. We I'm, we do it quickly, and we enjoy it. Make it a. I, I know you can decorate for just for beauty, but I want to tell you at the Harper House we have a tree. We decorate it with memories. Just about every ornament has a memory mm. to it, and our grandchildren when they come, and even our sons, and and now our daughter in laws. They'll look at certain one of those ornaments and they'd say, tell us the story about that ornament. Yeah. And there's a story about their, our legacy as a Harper family. Uh, usually it's tied into what God has done, you know. Now, some of them are just plain funny, gotcha. you know, and we laugh. But decorate that tree in such a way that it will will cause people to talk about the Lord and talk about uh, their family and right. the meaning of it. I, I recommend it highly. Well, you know, I and I have to say that I'm kind of an equal opportunity kind of guy here. I'll eat the peanut butter Christmas trees. I'll eat the peanut butter pumpkins, and I'll eat the peanut butter Easter eggs. It, you know, and if they had a New Year football egg, I'd probably eat that too. That's called a turkey so, leg. Is that what it is? That's turkey what it leg. Is, man. All right. Uh, let's talk to Brandon now from North Carolina. Brandon, good afternoon, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey guys, how are y'all doing? Doing, Doing good well. today. Where are you from North Carolina, Brandon? Um, around Statesville. Okay, we know where that is. We always, when they're in North Carolina, I'm trying to get them as close to Alex as we can. Ah, gotcha. And that's the reason. Go it's ahead, a, Brandon. Beautiful foothills. Yeah. Amen. Love um, them. Love it. Yeah. My question is kind of simple, I hope. Um, are halos mentioned anywhere in Scripture? 
halos are not. Now, the light shining is, you know? Right. And angels appearing as, uh, you know, with a great glory, the Shekinah glory of God. Yes, it is. Halos by themselves. No. I think, I don't know the heritage. If Alex is here, knowing him, he could probably tell us the heritage of halos. But they started putting them in paintings to recognize God's uh, favor over them, like right. the Virgin Mary, a halo, mm-hmm. or one of the apostles' halos. But uh, there, there's not anywhere in the scriptures that I remember a halo. No, and it it's one of those things that, as you talk about traditions of men, that it's it's kind of built more and more. You know, people want an angel to have a halo because it it's significant. It shows that they're set apart. People want people to have halos because it shows they're special and set apart. But the the scripture really doesn't get into that. It's not something that it's not like a hat that you can put on and take off. Guess how they identify us in real life? Our good works. Our good works. That they'll say, hey, the lines are wide open, Jim, and that number is 888-589-8840. If you can call real quick, get your question in, we'll do our best to answer it. But I want to go back to that good works. The okay. Bible makes it plain that they will see your good works and glorify the Father who's in heaven. The whole purpose of man is to be saved and to glorify him for life. That's our purpose. And the good works is by, now we're not saved by those good right. works, but because we have been saved, those works should follow. According to Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, we're saved by grace through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, workmanship. created unto good works. Mm-hmm. That workmanship is like a canvas where God's working on us. Do you remember the children's song, He's Still Working on Me? That's right. Uh, let me to say, make not, me what I ought to be. Just Let's took see. him six days to make the moon and the stars, Jupiter and Earth, Mars. And Earth Jupiter and, Mars. and Earth. But he's uh, yeah. still working on I was going to sing it, but I decided against well, it. I could do it if I got the tune going. Well, you better... Be glad that I don't <laughs> sing it. I, I don't sing very well. But I, I do want to say that, you know, uh, and it's funny that we would talk about it. The reason I thought about it, the halo in the paintings, the, it's a canvas. Our canvas is our life, and the good works are like the halo right. where we're identified and people see Christ in us. How gracious and loving he must be because he's still working on me. You had to go back I to had the file to, I did. I had to get reach back there because, you know, it talked about the sun and the earth, Jupiter and Mars, but then how patient and loving he must be because he's still working on me more than seven days. Well, I got a question that's coming up, but All I right. got one for you. are pretty good music, and Devin is too. Did Dottie Rambo write that or to the Gaithers, or do y'all know? He's still working on me. It could be. Um, it sounds like it could be either one of them because Dottie Rambo did some children's songs that. Yeah, just, but I was thinking, I'm a, Gloria Gaither, Bill and Gloria. They wrote that. There you I, go. I figured it was one of them because gotta, I, yeah. I see. I can see one of their groups that traveled on homecoming with them. I can hear them. Was it the Perrys that made that such a big hit? Huh? Hempfields. That's who I meant. Devin Josh from official. Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does Southern gospel <laughs> a lot better than I do. Yeah, Josh, hey. welcome to Ch- uh, exploring the word. I almost said it. Thank you, thank you. Uh, appreciate you taking my call. Hey, my question is, uh, how long do y'all think Adam and Eve were on Earth before they sinned? Oh wow, 
<laughs> before that, they died? No, before they were oh, sent yeah. out of the garden. Oh. Yeah. It, I don't know. If I if I had been Adam and Eve and there was something that was pleasing to the eye. First day? First day. For you. Yeah. I, uh, Josh, I wish we could answer that. There is not everybody that I've read speculates and uh, the speculation is for, you know, uh, years. In other words, what happens, usually Satan, you know, he wears us down. So I don't think it was necessarily the cer- cer- yeah. first time. He wear- And that's the reason you got to be strong. I, I want to spiritualize this and make right. this question strong. So, Josh, what you got to do, uh, it's like Daniel, he purposed in his heart. And what they try to do when you get into hostile relationship like that, he was in a pagan country, wear you down. Get so used to the evil of the world, and you give up on yours. Be like Daniel, purpose in your heart. Now, I don't know how long they were there, but I feel like it was quite a while. Well, and we also don't know how large the garden was. We don't know how many options they had. But, it, you know, it's one of those things that if you keep seeing something, over and over, and you've got somebody that's tickling the back of your ear saying, you won't surely die. Look how good that looks. You'll be like that, God. That's going to taste great. And then the only reason God doesn't want you to do that is because it's going to make you as smart as him. That's what it says. And so it, that that's one, and I agree with Bert. I was joking about for me being a day. Joel Hemphill, thank you, uh, Devin, I appreciate that. He's still working. Oh, he wrote it. I see that now. Okay. He did write it. He did. Hey, Josh, thanks for the call this afternoon. We sure appreciate it. Hope that helps some. Ronnie calling from Tennessee. Ronnie, welcome to Exploring the Word. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Question for you. Uh, we would agree that the Bible has been written, and my question is, are there any true prophetic people today? Thank you. All right. Ronnie, that, that's kind of a trap trick question, if you will. And uh, I want to be very careful how I answer that. And Bert, please feel free to, to challenge me. There is not a prophet in the land like there would be for Malachi, like, they, like there would be for Joel, or like there would be for Daniel, because these folks were given the word directly from the Lord, and it became Scripture. I might prophesy something, but it's not, and it may coincide with Scripture, but it's not going to have the same impact as Scripture. And then you have to decide, okay, as prophecy, you know, in, in uh, Pentecostal circles, we have what's called reading the mail, you know, where, where God may have said something that I can use to help minister to you. Um, and so I want to be careful about that. Sometimes prophecy is considered preaching. And so... It's one of those things. So I'm going to say no to new prophecies being of the same caliber of Scripture. Let's go back to what prophets did. Mm -hmm. They would foretell the future, and they would foretell the circumstances and the word of the Lord, Mm -hmm. what he's saying about what's going on now. That side of the prophetic word is still accurate today. We are to foretell the word of God. When it comes to foretelling, you better tie it into the Word of God, and you better do it oh, cautiously. Right. 
because they're like all millennial, premillennial, you know, the whole bit. Uh, you know, I'm, I am, I lean premillennial, but I know God's going to have his way. That's you right. Know? And that's what I tell. And I know that. But to have a prophetic word, I I believe you can have a prophetic word based upon the scriptures, Amen. looking at what's what's taking place and when it will take place. For me to come to Jim Stanley and have a word that of prophetic word of saying, Jim, tomorrow at this time, this is going to happen to you. Yeah. The way they did it then, they told that pretty plain. I could come and say, Jim, I saw the tires on your truck. You not need to go get new tires. Get new tires. That's now right. that honestly, that is would be. I don't mean. I'm not making light of this. No, that would be a a cautionary word to tell a brother or sister in Christ. Right. But to how uh, to say the word is like it was then? No. I want to say one more thing. Got time? For, I, yeah. There's not a second book of James. I want to be clear about that. <laughs> that's right. The the pastor ought to be combined priest and prophet to foretell but also the priest praying uh one of the main responsibilities is prayer do you remember when they were having the confusion in acts chapter six about waiting on the tables peter says appoint seven men that they might take care of this issue that we might give ourselves to the study of our word and prayer and and i think pastors are a lot of them are doing the prayer but we need a prophetic word, too, of thus saith the Lord. Amen. We need that today. Got to have it. Got to have it. Well, folks, this has been Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley in with Brother Bert Harper this afternoon. It's been my pleasure to sit in for Dr. Alex McFarland. And Alex and I will be back tomorrow afternoon. Second part of Second Malachi. Second part of Malachi. And Bert, well... We'll see you when we see you. We will. I'll be back. (laughs) I'm not leaving for long. No, he's not. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. And, Jim, thank you for for being on with us today. But tell someone about Exploring the Word, about AFR. Uh, Hey, by the way, Operation Christmas Child, get those Christmas boxes in. Go to Samaritan's Purse slash OCC. Find out where to take it.